Praise God. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're going to read well-known scripture there, the Lord's Prayer, a bit of it. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. Okay, the Lord's Prayer. The Our Father. We had a lady who was Catholic by extraction. She was surprised that this prayer was in the Bible. <laughs> when I showed her the prayer in the Bible, she said, oh no, I've been saying that all my life. Our Father never was in the Bible, but anyway, it is in the Bible. I'm going to read it to us. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. That's the important phrase. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our sins as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, let's just go to 1 Corinthians 2. And I'm going to read a verse from chapter 10. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to be reading from verse 10 to 14. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your precious word to us, your children. Help us, we pray, to correctly divide what it is that you are saying. That, Lord, we might be made whole in every area of our lives. Thank you for your goodness to us and your mercy. And thank you, Lord, that we can hear from heaven this morning. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. This word came in quite a strange way. Obviously, I pray about the word. And the Lord just put this phrase into my mind, keeping in step. So the title of this message is Keeping in Step. Right, keeping in step. And I didn't fully understand it at first. I did have some idea, but slowly but surely he opened up the scripture to me. And that's what I want to share this morning. So I believe this is from him. I wouldn't speak it if I didn't believe that. Obviously, we can get it wrong, but I'm trusting that I'll get it right today. Keeping in step. Now, there's a principle here that's very important to grasp. All right. When I was at school, I did physics. I did what they call pure physics, but anyway, that's beside the point. We had quite an inspired teacher, actually. He took a great interest in his subject, and we did an experiment. He took a bar, and he hung pendulums from it, all right, at different lengths. He started to swing the one pendulum, and it was like almost supernatural, but other ones started to swing, just without any assistance. It's dependent on the length of the string. If, if it's in a certain length, then it starts to swing in motion. Right? They call it sympathetic motion. It's almost like a miracle, actually. 
the one swings and then the other one starts to swing automatically. Anyway, the, the experiment was called sympathetic motion. They gave some scientific explanation. I couldn't understand it then, probably never will. But what I want to share with us is this, that that scripture, the, the Our Father, it says, Our Father, God name, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right? Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Now, there's a principle here, you see. You and I, we want heaven to come down onto the earth. In fact, the truth of the matter is that earth was an extension of heaven to start off with. Amen? It was an extension of heaven. Then man severed the knot, as it were, and we became just a bubble of sin in the whole universe. Now we are on this earth, and God wants heaven to break out on this earth. The principle is like that sympathetic motion. You and I, when we do the activities of God on the earth, if we do what is going on in heaven, here on earth, then heaven will break out on the earth. Can you see that? Do you all get that simple principle? If we do things and say things and act out heaven on earth, then heaven will break out on the earth. All right, does everybody grasp it? That's why we praise and worship God. There's a lot of praise going on in heaven right now. Did you know that? The angels are singing. They're having a wonderful glory time there. When we start to praise and worship God, we actually, if we get it right, connect. And we can experience the presence of God here. That's how it works, very simply. You see? That's why we try to worship according to the Bible. Because the Bible describes what's going on in heaven. Can you see that? In heaven there's freedom in praise. There's tremendous freedom. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of excitement. And there's the holiness of God and all these things. If we imitate that, let me put it that way, here on earth, then heaven will break out on earth. Amen. 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 Now, so, that's the end of the sermon. No, it's not. But you see, now, what is the key to you and I imitate heaven? Having heaven break out on earth. Now, what we've got to understand is that heaven works according to a certain plan. God's got a program, all right? His program is continually unfolding on the earth, all right? His plan and purposes are continually unfolding on the earth, you see? Now, if we want heaven to break out on the earth and in our lives, we have to, in a sense, get with the program, all right? Get with the program. In other words, we've got to work in harmony with God. Okay? If we walk in harmony with God, as I said, the title is walking in step. Walking in step with God, we can expect the presence of God to break out in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. If we don't walk in step, we put everything out. Right? And we live like, as the Bible says, mere men. Now, let's look at our example of the Lord Yeshua. You'll notice something about his life. He was very, very conscious, if you look carefully, about the timing of everything. Okay? He was very, very aware of it. And you can see all the time he worked with 
the timing. Remember, he said, I don't do anything, I don't say anything, but I see my father doing it, which is very much the same thing. Can you see? And because he followed the plan, as it were, wherever he went, heaven broke out. I'll give you a few examples. To start off with, you see, you can just understand he lived like everybody else he was. We understand a carpenter like his father, but please understand something. It wasn't just woodwork. A carpenter in those days was like a builder. A builder. So he was probably involved with building houses and in the tradition of the Hebrews, take on the occupation of his father. So his father did that and he probably carried on with it. So you can imagine he was just maybe building houses, doing artisan work. And then the time comes, right? Where what has he got to do? Put his tools away and into the ministry. Right? So the time came for that to happen. He didn't start. Although there was evidence of his ministry early on, you remember the temple, then he was teaching all those scribes and whatever in the temple as a little boy. But the Bible's pretty silent on what happened before. But he just comes onto the scene when John the Baptist starts to operate. So you see, almost like John the Baptist was a sign, now it's time to move. Amen? Not before. Do you get it? Had he tried to start a ministry at the age of 10, he might have been a child prodigy, <laughs> but he would have fizzled out. All right? He didn't wait until he was 66 either, by the way. But then he would have been fizzled out. Anyway, the point is, he starts with gathering his comrades together, let's call them that, his associates. Now, you all remember the wedding of Cana. Remember that wedding? He goes to the wedding with his friends. They invited. They're going there to have a party. All right? That's what they're there for. They're there for the beer, so to speak. Well, let me not go there. But they go for the party, all right? And the beer runs out, as we know. So what happens? Remember his mother says, okay, they're in trouble. You better help them. And he says, what's it to do with you? <laughs> and you might think that's very impolite, rude almost. But please understand something. What's happening here is he's going along. He knows there's going to be this great ministry. He knows there's ultimately the crucifixion and all of that stuff. He knows that. But he's trying to enjoy life in a way. Right? And now his mother says, do this miracle. Guess what? It's the voice of God saying to him, it's time. Can you see that? It's time. You're finished with your university. You've finished drawing around. You've now got a job. It's time. <laughs> you have to work. Sad for you. <laughs> Sorry for you. But you understand? And he starts. And he starts with the ministry, with that miracle, the first miracle that he performs. Turning, by the way, water into wine. Okay, now, throughout his ministry, you'll notice that he's got his ears, as it were, to the ground, waiting for his father's direction. And he very often takes different steps from what you would have expected. Okay? The one occasion is they have these feasts. Now, the Jewish people, they had the set feasts, ordinances of Abraham, holy convocation. Everybody, I think it was over the age of 20, all the men had to gather at that stage. At one stage in Israel's history, if you didn't do it, they could stone you because of disobeying God. But anyway, so now a young man growing up, he's expected to go to this convocation, right? This feast. So all his brothers say to him, now they're laughing at him. They're saying, oh, you think he's such a great man. It's almost like 
you're a big deal in this small town, big fish in a small pond. Why don't you go to Jerusalem and show off there sort of thing? Very arrogant, by the way. And he says, no, I'm not going. So, well, have it your way. We off. They go off to this other party, all right? A lot of parties, I think, these Jewish people. Those celebrations were quite an occasion. All right, but anyway, so they go ahead. However, what does he do? He comes along later, secretly, all right? And he comes to this big feast, and then at the right moment, he stands up and he preaches that sermon. Whoever's thirsty, come to me. Remember that it caused a tremendous stir. Now, my point is this. Had he gone up earlier... And everybody knew that he was there because they were looking for him. It would have diluted the impact of his ministry. Can you see that? He had to go at the very right moment. Can you all see that? He was very conscious of this time business throughout his entire ministry. The other big example is disciples that have just been a big healing and he's very tired and they're going to go to the other side. You see, they're off on their way to the other side. In the natural, you see, you'd have thought, well, he's been working hard. Now's the time to get into the boat and have a sleep. That's where he slept, by the way. Did you know that? In the middle of a storm, he was asleep with his head on a pillow. Why does the Bible bother to tell you about a pillow? Do you like a pillow? I like a pillow. I can't go without my pillow. I mean, but he didn't on this occasion go for the sleep with his pillow. He didn't. He said, you go ahead. Isn't that strange? But he had to do what? Go up the mountain and get in contact with his father. Because he understood so well. That's the source of my power. All right? Forget about the timetable and how it's all going to pan out. I must get to my father. And he does that. And we all know the story. He looks out and he sees they're in trouble. And, of course, he walks on the water. Okay? And when he gets there, what does he do? He commands the storm. Now, please understand something. Had he just got in the boat, please notice this, had he just got in the boat and gone with them, he wouldn't have been with his father and he wouldn't have had the power to command the storm. Can you see that? He had to wait for his father and then go. You'll see throughout his ministry, every single time, he waits for God and then he moves. One of the biggest mistakes we make, and I've made this mistake very often, is I hear from God and maybe I've heard correctly from God, but what do I do? Launch out before the right time, you see? And because of that, it doesn't work out. We started our church prematurely, right at the beginning. We were in another church we just realized we couldn't go along with what was going on there anymore. Not that they were bad people, wonderful people, but we felt we had something else we had to do. And so what's the logical conclusion? Oh, well, you start a church of your own. <laughs> How dumb. <laughs> Looking back, hindsight is a wonderful way to look at things. I wish you could look at things with hindsight before you went into it, but it doesn't work that way. It wouldn't be hindsight. Anyway, we started prematurely. You understand? We did have to start, but that wasn't perhaps the right time or the right way to go about it. It wasn't perhaps in the moment of the momentum of God, the rhythm, the harmony of God. Can you see that? And the thing fizzled out. We learned a lot and all that 
this church has been rising and falling for centuries, all right? So eventually we'll get there. But what am I saying? We went too soon. The Lord knew that you wait for the rhythm of God, keeping in step, all right? The other big example which I often use is the whole story of Lazarus. We all know the story. I won't go into too much detail. We've been there so many times. The man is sick. He's a dear friend. And the Lord knows in the spirit that he's going to die. He knows he's going to die. And you see, the normal reaction, because he'd healed people, would get there before he dies. Don't you think so? I mean, really, if you're going to exercise a miracle, rather do the easy one. (laughs) Heal the flu before you do the cancer sort of thing. You don't start raising the dead normally. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me, but not to him on this occasion. Please note this occasion. Why? Well, you see, in the plan of God, he had to wait for the four days. The man had to die. As you said, there had to be faith in the earth of raising somebody from the dead. But can I just say this? If he had gone early, he probably wouldn't have been able to heal him even. Why? Moving out of the plan of God. You see, when you and I operate at the right time, we can expect the anointing of God. Does everybody get that? When it's the right time, then the power will be there. And what happened? He waited the four days, got there, was able to raise him from the dead. Boom. Amen. We had an instant. We went to the eye specialist for the checkup, you see. We go all the way there to the checkup, and there's this waiting room now. This waiting room and I haven't got a very good history because, (laughs) oh Lord, why did you bless me with a sense of humor? We're going to the waiting room, you see. and There's a big flat screen there, you see, and it's off. So Graham, unable to keep his mouth shut, I say, this is a television for blind people. (laughs) Television for blind people. Now, this is a place where a few of the people are blind, and I'm I'm wondering why not everybody's laughing. (laughs) Anyway, but the same waiting room, we go there. We're sitting there. There's one couple over there, and there's this black girl over here. Okay, she's sitting in a corner on her own. And Janice sitting there, and we're waiting, obviously. And Janice starts to speak to this lady over there, and I'll speak to this. And we have a wonderful time. We discovered that he's from Rhodesia, so we had such a lot in common, and he's from the mines, and oh, my soul, this was everything. Now we had a wonderful chat, and blah, blah, blah. And Janice was quietly talking to this lady, and then she came and joined us. Whatever. Now, I want to explain something. Then it came my turn, you see. So I go into the doctor's room. Then this lady, she checks my eyes out, and she's quite happy with it. And I come out. All right? The scene is exactly the same. Exactly the same. With these people there, Janet there, and this girl here. But on this occasion, the Lord, I just feel in my heart, saying to me, you need to pray for her. I had no idea what Janet had spoken to her about. Since the Lord said, you must pray for her. I went over. I don't know from a bar of soap I haven't talked to. I said, sold my hand. If I had been well, I would have given a big hug, but you know what? I'm working on it. Anyway, I prayed for her. I prayed for, for God to heal her, and I could see that she was so blessed. And the moment I did that, something strange happened. Well, not strange, but I sensed in that waiting room, the presence of God came there. People over there started to smile. Everybody. It's just amazing. Amazing. Janet said to me that she'd had the operation and hadn't worked out. But what I'm saying is, had I prayed for her 
earlier. Can you see that? It wouldn't have worked in a sense. What I'm saying is, I've got it right with the timing. And God did something. God did something. Can you see that? What's happening? Moving with the harmony of heaven. I've learned. Wait for God. Wait for God. Talking about this earthquake. <laughs> what a lesson. I mean, I'm in bed. I'm tired. It's 10 past 2. The Lord gives me a nudge. I normally get up. On this occasion, I thought, you know what? It's cold. <laughs> I'm so cozy. And Lord, you know, I've got these things on my eyes. And, and, and. <laughs> but the nudge came against so us. Okay, I'll get up. So I read my scripture. And the scripture, as I said, it was about things that are seen will pass away. Things that are not seen will last forever. I've read that. I've prayed a bit and said, <laughs> The whole house starts to shake. You know? <laughs> and then it settles down. And I said, Lord, what is that about, you see? He said to me, more is coming. He said, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Hebrews. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And then he went on to say that, you see, if I carry on hearing his voice and operating, I will stand. Can you see that? That was the lesson. You will stand. Okay, so he built the whole thing into my quiet time. Now listen to this. What if I hadn't got up? Now listen to this. Here I'm lying in bed. God's told me to get up, and I've said, no, I'm cozy. About 20 minutes later, <laughs> shake rock and roll, boy. But that would be a sign from heaven, if anything. I mean, just leave the house intact. I can have a cup of tea at least. But what am I saying? You see, timing. Timing, if we just get our timing right. You see, if we're in harmony with heaven, what will happen? Heaven will come down. Can you see that? Got to hear his voice and operate with him. Very often he says, do this, do that. Don't rush ahead and do it. Just wait. Wait for the right moment. I've learned now. The Lord speaks to me. Uh, Tim's friend, his Muslim man, his father is one of the top Muslims in the whole region. He's not a mullah as such. He's what they call a mufti. He's like the big teacher of all the laws, etc. So he's really up there with the Muslim community. Anyway, Tim has been telling us about Naman for some time. And the other day I was praying and the Lord gave me a word for him. A word for him. Told me something about him and his life. Anyway, we're talking religion, of course, in this trip to Thunderbell Park. It's quite a journey. A lot of time to talk. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about religion. He threatened to bring his father to one of our services. Can you imagine having our service here with the Grand Mufti? <laughs> Listen, don't get too excited. If it happens, it happens. Amen? But anyway, so we're talking about this, and he's asking questions about our religion. I said to him, Christianity is not a religion, by the way. Almost no. <coughs> what? <laughs> no, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with God. I said, well, that's fantastic. And I said, well, does Allah speak to you? I'm not putting him on the spot. I'm just asking as a matter of conversation. He says, yeah, yeah, when we prostrate ourselves, he speaks to us. We, we feel that we must do this. We've done this. It's wonderful. Well, my God speaks to me quite often. See, as a matter of fact, he told me about you. 
I said, and I gave him because I checked it out. He said, at 10 to 2 on May the 9th, gave me a prophecy for you. Now listen, did I blurt the prophecy out to him there? No. Can you see? God gave me wisdom. Keep your mouth shut now. The man has got to want to hear it. Amen. Because once he's heard it, he wished he had never heard it. <laughs> his life will never be the same. Amen. So it's heavy stuff. It really is very heavy stuff. Funny enough, last night, God gave me a word for his father. <laughs> so I'm going to give a word for the grand mufti if he happens to pitch up here. But anyway, what am I saying? You see, we've got to move with God. The right time will come. Amen. The key to it, you've got to be ready to receive. You see, words from God, you've got to be hungry, generally speaking, for them to actually make a difference in our lives. So what am I saying? I've learned in the past what would I have done as soon as I saw and blurted out the whole thing. Can you see it? Complete mistake. Complete mistake. That's why God doesn't give us words very often because we don't know how to work with them. Do you understand? But you see, the word says that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. My journal is filled with things that are going to happen. Did you know that? Things I've got to do, people I've got to speak to, things I've got to say, blah, 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 messages, packed with them. But what have I learned? Because I get a message last night, I must blab it today. No, not necessarily. Does everybody grasp it? We've got to learn to move in harmony with God. And here's the beauty of it. If we learn to move in harmony with God, God will break out on the earth. Amen? And it's not difficult to understand because, you see, how does God work? In heaven, there's so much love. Amen? So when you and I love one another, love each other, heaven breaks out. Do you see that? That's why I love going to the school. All these sweet little kids. Oh, their little smiles, their little hugs. There's so much love. You know what happens? Heaven comes down. Heaven comes down. It's such a wonderful experience. It really is. It really is. But you see, what are we doing? Doing what's going on in heaven. Amen? If you and I can try and in our environment as far as possible, Try and pick up what's going on in heaven and go with it. Can you see that? Go with it. Walking in step. Learning how to walk in step with heaven. I went on this trip down to Durban and the Holy Spirit just gave me the right things to say at the right time. I believe. I believe. We'll see the fruit of it later. But you see, it wasn't a case of, oh, well, let's go through some course or other or whatever. No, we had to just take it in step. The one thing that did happen, I wanted to do an exercise on hearing God through a general understanding of a scripture, not just a specific thing. And I prayed about it before, and I said, Lord, what scripture must I use? And he gave me the right scripture, Psalm 112. And that was exactly the psalm that worked on that occasion. Amen? Can you see that? It just worked. Why? Because God had told me that's the one to use. You see? In every area of life, before you go into a situation, talk to God about it. Amen? 
It's quite possible before you go to a meeting to have God tell you exactly what's going to happen. Did you know that? He can tell you what's going to happen. And if you and I know what's going to happen, when we get there, guess what? We are in such a position of authority. Amen? And for us, heaven can break out there. Can you see that? Heaven can break out. God wants heaven to break out. That's why in this church, what do we do? That scripture I read about in Corinthians, where it speaks about the unseen and the seen. Heaven is, as far as we are concerned right now, unseen. Amen? It's a spiritual place. It's very real, by the way. It doesn't mean it's just lights and shadows. And... No, it's a physical place. But it's in the spirit world. All right? We're on this earth in the physical. Everybody got that? Now you see, how do we pick up what's going on in heaven? Because we have to operate with our spirit being. It says, I speak in the spirit, I speak with understanding. I speak in tongues, I speak with understanding. And you see, that's why we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The purpose is to bring heaven down. So you see, we hear and we speak in tongues and somebody translates in something we can understand. Can you see that? There's that divine connection. What's going on in heaven can now operate down here. Do you see that? There's that connection. You and I need to be operating in connection with heaven. When we pray in the Spirit, we're activating our spirit. We're able to pick up what's going on in heaven. A lot of my prayer time is spent praying in the Spirit. When I'm praying in the Spirit, very often that I start to hear what God is saying. Amen? It's so important to grasp we are spirit beings on the earth. For us to operate effectively on this earth, we have to operate spiritually. You see, if we pick up what's going on in heaven, we're able to do it here on earth. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. You see, that's the connection. That's the connection. What I'm saying is we've got work to do on the earth, and that's the way to do it. Amen? We've got to keep in touch with heaven. Got to realize and try and sense, like the Lord did, what's going on up there. Let me do it here. Can you see that? The more we try, the better we get at it. Let me tell you. Practice it. How do I relate to that person? What's going on in heaven? Can you see that? In this situation, what does heaven want done here? That lady to be prayed for. Did it? Until then, just stay still and just try and pick up what's going on. What's actually going on. Let me tell you, when people get together, a lot of things go on. Did you know that? A lot of stuff is going on. People are battling with this, battling with that. You understand? And heaven knows everything. So for heaven to break out there, what's got to happen? Somebody's got to pick up what's going on in heaven and operate accordingly, you see. And as you do that, what will happen? Heaven will break out every time. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to have heaven break out here right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.